Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm the host, Sean Boyce. I'd like to welcome my guest to the show today, Josh Tan from Alchemist Consulting. Hi, Josh. How are you? And thanks for being on the show. Hey, Sean. I'm doing great, and it's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Well, we're really looking forward to learning more from you. Before we dive in, if you wouldn't mind, please give us more information about your background and how you got to where you are today. Oh, great. Do you want the short version or the long version? Uh, let's go with the long version. This is the perfect place to dive into those details. Cool. Um, yeah, so I went to school to be an engineer. And I, I always had this feeling that I was going to like achieve something great, something big. So I thought I was going to be like a Tony Stark kind of character. Fell out of love with that idea, went into industry. And I just really hard for for real industrial settings and manufacturing operations and engineering is my background and after so long i kind of fell out of love with the the corporate ladder as many of us do went into the privately held business space and from there you know corporate businesses multinational places they have tons and tons of budget they give you all these certifications and trainings and you know you've got a staff of 10 engineers working on everything and there's so much systemization there. When I moved to the private space, there's almost no systemization. And a lot of these private businesses, family-owned, founder, co-founder relationships, they just get by on you know goodwill, hard work, and dedication. And when I moved into that space, I was able to use all these tools and give them huge lifts, really big wins, quickly. And I, I love that place. And then I wanted to do my own thing, move into my own my own business. So I stepped out to become a consultant, working with these businesses, giving them the tools I've learned from all these different areas, right? Process development, process improvement, running teams, health and safety. But I've narrowed down my focus to a few key areas. And now I'm working with these businesses to help them systematize, scale, and potentially exit if that's what they choose. Great summary, and I love the value prop. Do a lot of this because my background involves a lot of product and helping people productize their services and things like that. So we see a great pattern where folks that have kind of learned or mastered something from one space can apply it to another and add a whole lot of value for folks that were previously unaware. So I've leveraged that strategy quite effectively myself. Uh, it sounds like you are as well. And I share very similar sentiment. I think we've traveled kind of a similar path, engineering background, corporate for a while, fell out of love with that, <laughs> moved our way into private enterprise, and then eventually uh, into business for ourselves. So got a lot of, got a lot in common over here as well, too. Thanks for sharing. And um, as I understand it as well, too, you're part of a, uh, like a business growth community as well, too. If you wouldn't mind, tell us a little bit more about that. There is a, I'm involved as a contributing member of Shiftco, which is a business development platform and incubator. We focus on conscious entrepreneurs where these people, these entrepreneurs, they wanna help business do good. We wanna help the environment. We wanna help communities. We wanna help um, disimpoverished groups, you know, like minority groups, equity stakes, things like that, as well as do use our skills for business purposes, you know, creating products, it's really the intersection of purpose meets profit. Instead of um, a, per, a profit over everything model, and instead of the nonprofit model, it's that intersection. 
So this group focuses on these types of entrepreneurs. We provide training, coaching, um, business development systems, and we are in 11 countries right now. New York City, I'm a leader in the New York City area. We're also heavy uh, in Texas. Um, I don't know all the countries, but we're planning to go global by 2026, I believe. And um, yeah, it's a great community, lots of high touch points, lots of coaching that fills my uh, love for coaching and helping others. And we're all here to make the world a better place through our businesses. Sounds like a great mission. And I, for one, can say that I've gotten a lot out of coaching communities, so I'm all for it, for sure. Especially folks like you and I, you know, the kind of work that we're doing. Uh, it's great to have that support for others as well. Thanks for sharing more about the community. Let's talk more about your consulting business. So Alchemist, right? Um, love to learn more and help our folks understand better who your target market customer is, the problems and challenges that they have that you help them solve. Some background there would be great before we talk more about you know, business development and marketing strategy that works for you. Awesome. Great question. I really love working with business owners to help them get their time, their sanity back by building systems inside their business. Number one, I like to come in with the owner and help them analyze their business. Where are the weaknesses and the failure points, right? Still have that engineering mindset. And the big three that I'm focusing on right now are leadership, operations, and sales. So leadership is all about communication, having a clear vision between the leaders and the departments and developing high-performing teams. I also get to coach up-and-coming managers and coach business leaders as well. In operations, that is the most technical function. That's all about lean manufacturing, Six Sigma, problem analysis, um, developing standard processes. And in sales, I look at sales performance and we tie in a little bit of marketing here, as well as how do you build relationship-based sales rather than old time, you know, closing and, and shark-like sales. Yeah, I'm much bigger fan of that myself as well, too. It's so much gets generated content-wise around, I feel like these bad practices when it comes to sales and business development, and I've never really found them to be necessary. So I'm not sure why. <laughs> Maybe they're just hilariously ironic or something like that, but selling through relationships is absolutely key. So uh, thanks for giving some more information and background on the business. That's super helpful for us to know. I'm also a huge fan of developing it as a system. I didn't really have a true appreciation for it until I started doing it myself, in particular, how it pertains to my marketing process. But I love the one that I have now, which is a design like late uh, last year. And it's been going really well so far, really developing one. And to me, like I'd love to hear more from you about this as well, too, of course. But the systems and processes, I also think of it as infrastructure so that we don't wind up doing what I've heard referred to previously as like random acts of marketing. And you can probably hear people mention the same type of stuff about business development, systems, processes, the infrastructure that's like built to support a sustainable like process as it pertains to those things is much more likely to drive you know the results that you're looking for as opposed to just doing stuff ad hoc. So I imagine you could probably talk about this topic for a while. Yeah. Was there a question there, Sean? Yeah, I'm curious to learn more from the perspective. Now that we have kind of a profile for your business and your customer, problems and challenges you help them solve, 
love to learn more since what we talk about on the show is you know what you what are your more effective business development and marketing strategies are for growing your business so talk to us more about how you find the people that you help got it so i'm finding the people that i help specifically by looking at one niche target market first so especially for product based and service based businesses i focus mainly on b2b it's really finding what is that target market a lot of businesses are trying to serve businesses that are all from different demographic levels is what I see, especially in the smaller space, the small to mid enterprise space where I work, they're serving all these different kind of like fits and shapes of businesses, which is taking away from the efficiency you get from focusing on one type of business or one type of client. So getting down into your niche, the, the main questions are, who do you serve with ease, excellence and efficiency? Like, who is that customer that wants your product, is ready to work with you, excited to work with you, and you can provide the highest level of value to them, right? Highest level of value is something you're already an expert in, something you already know how to do over and over again. And uh, it really highlights your expertise in that area. Rather than chasing um, all these visions and creating all these new products, I always recommend to penetrate one market deep first and dominate one space first before branching out. That's going to give you tons of benefits with economy of scale and being able to systematize that business, have that running smoothly or systematize that product before you add complexity to your business. This is an important point that I want to reinforce as well too, is getting specific about who you help. I've been listening to uh, podcast episodes myself recently from a few folks and one I listened to uh, that John Warlow was on as a guest who wrote a couple of different great books. Uh, and what he does is namely around valuations for businesses. He's got a couple great books called uh, Built to Sell and The Automatic Customer, which talks more about recurring revenue and things like that. But on the show, he gave a great example of seeing like a handyman truck on the side of the road and on the truck basically was plastered across it. No job too big or small. And like we take any kind of work essentially which he then uh, used as a jumping off point to basically say that you're saying you do everything. And by saying you do everything, you don't do anything because you're not referable. Nobody knows essentially who to connect you with because they don't really know what you do if you do everything. So as opposed to, you know, if we're talking about somebody who solves one very specific problem, that person becomes easier to think of when we hear someone who has that problem, makes it easier for folks to connect the dots so I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about this. Like first, love to learn more about what you consider your niche to be or your target market and how you found that. Well, great question. <clears throat> Staying with our story that we generated earlier, right? I started my career, my industrial career in the metalworking space, specifically foundries and aerospace, the aerospace sector. So I tend to stay close with what I would call like medium industry, um, advanced manufacturing, um, tend to stay close to there. And it's using the skills I already know, right? That's a great way to market yourself. Like you've already been an expert in that field. So continue to pursue that, continue to make the connections there and build on the skills. So finding my target market is really a blend of what I was passionate about earlier and how do I make it fit my needs now? That would be one for me. Um, 
for anyone listening, when you're pursuing finding your target market, it's again, taking a moment to sit down and really look, where do my skills add the highest level of value? And there's another great question is to look at where is there a low barrier to entry in your area? Like if you're a marketing guru and you see that laundromats are not using marketing in your immediate area, that could potentially be a place where you're automatically the expert. And that's a very simple example. I think those are great ways to think through how you can get more specific if you're keeping it too general at the moment. I think that's probably a problem a lot of consultants have, at least I see it, where not really ready to answer that question in terms of who you help, right? I think one of the things that you mentioned, which is something I've done as well, to take from your past experience or where you've spent a decent amount of time and as such, you have a deeper level of understanding for those industries and then use that to update you know, who you may be passionate about helping to make that part of your ideal target market client, right? Um, because it's, I think it's often, it's underappreciated the value that it can add to everything that you're doing from what you do to how you do it to how you help people better understand what it is that you do and who you can help all the marketing activity of where your experience comes from and getting more specific about telling folks who you help. Um, another misconception I hear about a lot is folks are afraid to kind of pigeonhole themselves is what they think they're going to do. If they pick something that's more specific, they think that they're all of a sudden going to eliminate everyone else, which from anyone who's actually traveled this path, you'll usually hear them say something along the lines of they've never been, they've never been busier than when they made that change. So it's counterintuitive too. curious to hear from you, whether or not that was your experience. Um, Yeah. I did have that experience, actually, afraid to narrow down the target market, thinking it would pigeonhole me and um, it would block me from some of my other passions, right? But what I found is once you do that narrowing in, you're speaking more clearly to target customers. They're referring you to their networks. You're, You're just immediately in that space. And that doesn't block the people who want to work with you and are not your target market. So for example, in, in my case with foundries, that also touches what you would call like a secondary referral source, right? Service providers, um, refractory providers, um, medium equipment and things of that nature all are touched into that industry. So it's like you're the expert, but you also have access to all these other connected networks. And on top of that, I like to look at the target market as a bullseye, right? There's the dead center, which is like the ideal client. And then there are rings, right? So each ring is a level of compatibility, right? So it's that small, is that business owner that works in metalworking, right? Then it's that, that business, owner, business owner that's adjacent to metalworking. And then it's, you know, any business owner, if you really want to be broad, that's where you get to that, that truck example, right? Any job. And that's a choice. You have to make that choice. There's, there's clients I've worked with because I'm just super excited to up their level, up their game and work on their product. I'm glad you mentioned that other element as well, too, because that's been my experience as well. As we've gotten tighter with you know our messaging and who we can help and who we specifically are like targeting to help, it hasn't um, 
nothing like the other folks that don't necessarily exactly match that profile haven't all of a sudden not been able to find us or you know not wanted to work with us if anything i think it's actually helped because it examples are super helpful for folks right so as i'm talking to people about what i do and as a consultant i help people build product businesses which product is such a generic term you know you could be talking about somebody and when you say product they might think they might think coffee mug they might think you know saas uh, or they might think service <laughs> I, you know so folks that think of products as services and all that kind of stuff so there's a lot of overlap there um, but i found that instead of me going into like educating them per se about you know how i got to be doing what i'm doing providing examples of what i've done and who i've done it for is great ways for them to kind of connect the dots then they start asking more intelligent questions about Okay, well, then if you share with me that example, then that means this other person that I know, they need help with this. You're someone that can do that. And that, to me, and it winds up like skipping steps in the conversation usually. So not only does that help me, you know, find more people that you said that are in like the center of the bullseye, but people around it as well. Uh, those examples, I think, are also helpful for them because what they may want for their business, like, for example, if I'm targeting like CPAs or accounting, doesn't mean I can't necessarily work with somebody who's specifically in finance, right? In fact, there's quite a bit of overlap there. But if what I'm helping the accountants with is something that the people in finance are interested in, chances are they're more than likely going to reach out, right? Like thinking, you know, not, not only is that what I want, but that's actually relatively close to what I do. I would totally agree. And they have um, similar problems and they need similar solutions as well. Agreed. Well said. Talk to me a little bit more about um, so the the activities that you're investing in, whether you know, and the results that ultimately get produced from a business development perspective for your consulting business that fall into those categories of like reactive and proactive. How much are you doing proactively to generate you know interest in what it is that you do and connect with more target market customers, and then what if anything is happening reactively? Maybe any of your marketing activities, and then love to hear a little bit more from you in terms of how you measure the results of each. I would say right now I'm about 60% proactive and 40% reactive. The reactiveness is coming from a client load, actually. So answering their needs, being on site, things of that nature. Um, how do I choose? The second question was, how do you choose which one to, which one to follow through with? Yeah, actually, before we go into that, based on what you just said, which is why the show is titled what it is, the that essentially like feast or famine challenge that consultants often run into is one of the topics we talk about the most on this show. So I'd love to pick your brain about that now, which is, so as you mentioned, right, I, I think that 60-40 split is actually pretty good. You're still pretty solidly on the proactive side at the moment, but from what you've described and where I've been previously as well too is as we get busy delivering on client work, makes it harder to invest in those activities, which may have originally connected us to those clients. So that's what I'm referring to as kind of the consulting trap. Um, can you talk to me a little bit more about that and how that, how you've experienced that throughout your career and what your, what your most effective strategies are for keeping yourself from falling into that too deeply before you realize that I'm not doing any more of the proactive stuff. It's all reactive, which is like good for the moment. You know what I mean? But Eventually, when those engagements come to a natural conclusion, you kind of have that like, uh-oh moment. <laughs> yeah. I haven't been uh, proactive about this, so now what? 
Yeah, great. Um, I actually experienced the same thing last year. That same like, uh oh, like summer time, everything's done. I'm like, whoa. I get up, I look up in the summertime. I'm like, there's no one here. Like, I gotta get back on it. <laughs> that that's a that was frustrating. Oh well. So, um, yeah, the important thing to do is, and as consultants, and I would say speaking mainly to what I would consider like a small business owner, consultant, or a solopreneur. It's having systematizing your proactive, systematizing your proactive efforts, right? Love it. Uh, it's, it's for me, it's building that system every day where I'm connecting to people like yourself. I'm getting the word out there. I have systematized strategies on LinkedIn, um, systematized ways to follow up. I have a system for my sales process, um, like a follow up and closing system. So those are once you get that built out, then it's easy to maintain that proactively rather than chasing everything that's coming up. Same thing goes inside the business, right? Like the production process, once you systematize that, you have less fires to put out. So um, best effective strategies is uh, word of mouth, networking, growing growing your network, building relationships, um, getting people to know what who you are, what you do, offering help to people first. Um, Free value-added tools is a great thing for consultants. Like um, one of the things I use is like a business assessment. Like, hey, I can give you a business assessment. Here are some gaps I see. Would you like to talk about that further? Great. That's what you call um, a value ladder. This is all in the business development world. I'm sure you're you're familiar with value ladders. Definitely. Yeah. So build out your own value ladder, right? What's a what's a free offer, a small offer, mid tier, and like what's your premium package, right? It's hard to get people to jump straight to the premium package unless you have a lot of clout. Mm-hmm. So some people need to be walked in with a first a six week engagement and then a um, well I like to do like that the assessment the engage the first engagement and then like a long term engagement. Yeah, well said. Yeah, that value ladder is so important. Uh, designing it out and then as you started articulated having having them being relatively well differentiated from themselves, right? So they're not necessarily overlapping and there's kind of something for everyone depending upon like the appetite and priority and budget for your buyer but i love the concept of starting out with something discovery oriented like that assessment that you described we do that as well too to really gauge an idea in terms like where you are and where you want to go right we need to know sooner rather than later you know what we can do to help you can we what are your expectations right what do we think we can help you with how long is that going to take which helps us assess the situation and build a plan to success for who we want to work with. Um, but those other elements that you mentioned about uh, solving kind of that feast and famine and, you know, with your expertise, of course, in building systems, that element is super important. I love that, that component. I was there myself as well last year, stuck in the consulting trap, basically, where, you know, last year got super busy with work and wasn't doing what I knew I knew I should have been doing the whole time. And I had tons of opportunities to do it, which is produce, you know, great marketing content to share the wins, pitfalls, things like that, which are super educational and valuable for people in our target market. But all of my time was consumed. So I didn't have the ability to kind of get it out there, which in the back of my mind, I knew was something that was just like, that's definitely going to catch up to me. <laughs> Eventually it did. Um, luckily enough, uh, you know, I had time to kind of as you said, build a system for it. So now I have, I think you'd be proud. I have every day mapped out something very specific to do 
related to marketing and it's on the calendar. It can't be removed any longer. So I put about an hour a day into marketing activity of content that I produce a couple of number of different channels. And I'm taking these lessons learned and I'm finally putting them into something that I can share with the world and hope helps to kind of build that reputation, help others find me. I can share them with existing clients and prospects and stuff like that. And it feels so much better when you're able to do that because you know that you are continuously investing in that in that proactive element. So I've got about a quarter underway with it so far. So, so far, so good. I'll keep you posted and I'll let you know how well it goes from here. Uh, I think the tricky thing is going to be when the crazy busy time happens again, which it's you know feeling like it may happen relatively soon, um, uh, knock on wood, then it's making sure that you stay with that routine. And this time around, unlike last time, my you know um, my way out of the consulting trap is to stick to it pretty much regardless. So if um, there's an opportunity to get too busy beyond giving me the ability to stick with it, I'm going to have to approach that differently than I did before. I got it. And I offer to you, uh, Sean, can you systematize it in a way that you can train and leverage against it, train and outsource and leverage against it? Excellent question. Next question. That would be the next step. Yep. Love it. And I've uh, I've started to do that a little bit on my own, uh, probably 20% of it. I have other team members helping me with now. I still do the majority of it, but it's I've tested it enough to the point where I can start provide it, I can start delegating more, which would be great. The thing I still think I, there's still elements of it. I think I want to maintain like capturing the voice and I enjoy doing, you know, creating some of the content. So that's one that I haven't really been able to delegate yet to the extent of like my level of satisfaction that maintains those things beyond that. The majority of the remainder of the logistics and planning and stuff like that, I feel like it can be delegated. So you're 100% right, because that'll help you become higher leverage, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and also focusing, you had asked me what's proactive and what's reactive. You also can look at that as what's value-add work and non-value-add work. Even though the marketing is important, it's not actually what you're being paid dollars for. So you can use that as another filter to decide which to leverage and which to maintain. And some of it is going to just be, I like doing this in my own business. So I'm going to keep doing it, right? And kudos to you for just really owning that. Awesome. And thank you. I praise coming from some with your expertise. Um, thank you for being here and sharing your knowledge, Josh. Um, a couple of quick questions for you before we let you go. Uh, the first is, are there any resources that you might point any of our listeners to where they can go to learn more about what we talked about today or your efforts? Yeah, absolutely. There's um, the traction system is a great, it's a by Gino Wickman. It's a great way to get some traction in your business and start to execute quickly. Um, the scrum methodology is much faster for project management and scale by Jeff Hoffman, another, another um, great resource on building out the systems in your business and having your, you know, you ultimately want to have a business that runs itself, which is why you got to put the foundation in. And um, it's hard to put the foundation in when you like solving problems and, and creating new things all the time. So that's what I would say. Those three books. Great suggestions. Big fan of all of them. Thank you for recommending them. And then last question for you is who should reach out to you and how can they get in touch? 
Yeah. Um, you should reach out to me if you are seeing slowing business growth and you're experiencing production-based issues. So that is all about building efficiencies and systems inside your business. Another thing is um, building efficiencies, especially with the labor shortages out there right now, you need your guys to work efficiently. You don't have time to wait for someone to be hired. So who should reach out to me? Business owners, founders of small to mid-sized B2B manufacturing companies, um, anyone who is interested in connecting that purpose to their business as well. That is my personal passion. So those, that's who you should reach out to me. Love it. Thank you for that. Uh, we'll link to all of it in the show notes. And thank you for being here, Josh. Thanks, Sean. It's been a pleasure. Um, looking forward to talking again. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Consulting Trap. If you have a suggestion for a future episode or you would like to be a guest on our show, please send me an email at sean at podcastchef.com. That's sean, S-E-A-N, at podcastchef.com. P-O-D-C-A-S-T-C-H-E-F.com. Before we go, we'd like to thank the sponsor of our show, Podcast Chef. Podcast Chef helps turn ordinary podcasting into a revenue-generating lead magnet for your consulting business. Our Podcasting Done For You service takes away the headache of starting up and running your own podcast. Reach out now to take advantage of our 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit us at podcastchef.com to find out how our team of experts can help you leverage podcasting to take your consulting business to the next level. Hey, you. Yes, you. It's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet. Or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. Uh, we will talk to you about that uh, for free. We'll help you figure out uh, where you might be stuck, uh, whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the like first five things you can do? Uh, what are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, those consults are free. So reach out at the link below uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Brian. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, our website, podcastchef.com, has a ton of useful information about how to best leverage podcasting to help you solve some of your business goals and challenges. You can also schedule a demo uh, where we can show you how specifically Podcast Chef and our team can help you with some of your podcasting goals. Thanks.